Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Scott Taylor and today we're bringing you another exclusive interview. Today's guest is a World Cup winner and someone who has made history becoming the first black woman to play for England, but it's her actions off the field that are inspiring the next generation. Surrey County Cricket Club's ACE programme to increase opportunities for young black cricketers is to be set up as an independent charity. Having received funding of over half a million pounds over three years by Sport England, the chair of this programme, and I'm delighted to say, is the former England international Ebony Rainford Brent, who joins us now on the following on podcast. Ebony, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Sounding good. I like the sound of all that intro. (laughs) (laughs) So... The ACE programme, it's been set up. Let's start off with the funding. Over half a million pounds for three years. Great news. Incredible news, isn't it? And um, I think for so many different reasons. One, it's a very tough year this year for a lot of reasons, as we know, with the pandemic, with Black Lives Matter. I think it's been an emotional year. Um, And so to be able to get such a significant funding, I think one shows that Sport England have made a statement about realising they want to really invest in this area. Um, you know, we know from research that the black community, uh, the activity levels are down, they're more likely to experience biases and uncom- unconscious bias. So that investment, I think, provides a real positive spin at the end of this year where we're seeing, you know, so much negative and frustrating stuff. It's time to kind of put some some support and investment into some areas that we can make a real difference. Yeah, the exact figure of five hundred forty thousand over three years. Now you mentioned the pandemic. I was hoping not to mention it. Doom and gloom <laughs> in this interview. Away. But over half a million is a lot of money. Mm. Normally, half a million during a year where there's a pandemic and a recession. That just, the Sport England just must show great faith mm. in what you're doing to give you this money. Yeah, our plan. I mean, our plan was about. 20 pages I think and we you know it's a long process as well it's not it's not easy to Mm. get that sort of level so we've been going I mean we've been in talks with them since maybe March back and forth emails going through plans and details 
Um, so like you say, I, th- I think they they liked our model because I think they see it as potentially something that could help in, in so many other ways and, and they pushed us to go national. If it wasn't for Sport England, we might have just stuck to South London. But what what they encouraged us to do is, is look to have a wider impact. So we're starting in London and Birmingham and we've drilled down to five cities we want to be in in the next sort of 12 months as well. So, you know, I, I think good from them because they've got the insight, they've got the data and they also know the audience. You know, we've got such a, a potential on some of the doorsteps of these grounds that are not opening up. So, you know, well done to them, I would say, for backing us. Um, you know, well, one thing I'll say is it's one of those moments where we're celebrating at the moment, but I know in a few mm. months' time it's going to be, right, we need results. <laughs> so we'll all be sort of uh, asking for results very soon. Yeah, so you mentioned the five counties mm. and the rise of it. Back in January, we at TalkSport were in South Africa watching England win the series over there. There was no social distancing. There was no hand sanitizer. <laughs> you know, are you surprised that given... There was a global pandemic between when you started and now you're an independent charity that you've achieved so much in, what, nine months? It's ridiculous. I think that's what surpri- it surprised us. Mm. So when we first launched it, and I say we, this was when we were sort of sorry, now we're, we're a new <laughs> charity, got to get it. But when we first um, all got together, we just said, we don't know what the results are going to be. Let's just put the energy in, put the word out, open up the doors, see what's out there. And we didn't know if we were going to find anyone of decent quality or not and an example of how good it's been is a player called Idris who you know he was playing club cricket came to the trials um, known to a few people but got into the academy ended up playing for Surrey under 18s for a few games at the back end of the season now that, that must be great for you so oh. to look at the young players coming through and go already in nine months we got Idris here who was a club cricketer now he's a county under 18 player so you've got an exhibit A, you've got a role model there for all the young kids. It's exactly it. And like you say, one, it's a role model. Two, I think it, it, it hurts in the sense of thinking, are there more Idrises mm. or you know female versions out there that we should have been finding ways to get into the system? So I think that's, that's a really exciting thing. So to see that, the other thing I would say is the response from the community has been massive. So a lot of people, there's this myth that the black community don't like cricket or don't care about cricket, why there's been this connection, disconnection. But actually, we're seeing a lot of people coming forward saying, I have such a love for the game, but it's not quite felt for me. So that's also encouraged us to say, if we rebuild and kind of almost reheal some of that, that, that stress or tension, then we could open up our game to wider communities. So all of that we've learned... Uh, we didn't know what we were going to learn, but the the data there. The one thing that I would say is the the biggest, um, I would say disappointment, but potential as well, is we only got 17% girls to the trials. You know, we'd want that to be nearer half, um, and we only selected two out of the 25 for the academy. So we know there's a bit of work to do to try and, and bring more females through the door. Let's talk about the female side of things. I was going to bring it up later, but you mentioned it there. How helpful is it that England women managed to get cricket on this summer when there's so much uncertainty Mm. that young girls out there can go, I want to be like that? And my follow-up question is, Sophia Dunkley playing Mm. for England. How important is it to have a a black player play for England Mm. so young black girls in and around South London, Birmingham, wherever can go, I want to be Sophia Dunkley? Yeah, two very, very important questions. Um, The first one, I wasn't sure when pandemic hit and I was thinking, oh my God, are we going back to draconian days where women's cricket is a nice to do, but it's on the bottom of the pile. 
And I think for the first month it was silence and, you know, everyone was thinking, oh, here, here we go. Mm. But actually what ECB did, they made a stand. You know, I think it's sometimes about making a statement and a stand. You know, they couldn't get India over, they couldn't get South Africa over and to push to get to the point where West Indies would and that was like a really late call. They chartered flights, um, you know, a whole plane for just, you know, the team. Um, it's quite an expensive thing, but they knew how important it was to have women's cricket on, especially when, you know, if you've managed to get the men on, mm. it would have looked so bad. And I think, it, you know, young girls would have been asking questions. Yeah. I, I know if I was a kid, I'd be going, why, why are the boys playing, but the girls aren't? Um, so that was powerful. And then your second question, you know, Sophia Dunkley's become an ambassador for ACE, which is really... Um, amazing and she's really keen to get involved there's a point part of me not wanting to worry her and Joffrey and Chris and people like that say just just play and we'll feed off that but she realizes that there is a huge gap there are not enough um, but there will be through something like ace girls playing and so you know she'll get to meet some of the participants they might turn on the tv and see her through whether it's the hundred or international cricket it means a huge amount so she's young which is really nice to know and um, I think she'll be inspiring for a long time. And you mentioned the UCB there, that we're talking about getting the, the series against West Indies ahead. How much credit do they receive? Because they've given you a grant for this programme as well. They could have so easily not got South Africa, not got India, gone, oh, let's just not get any cricket on. There's, you know, it's, it's too hard getting someone. But they deserve a lot of credit for going, no, the men's are playing, so it's important to get the women playing this summer yeah, as well. Yeah, ECB have done great. They've, um, you know, they've had a hard summer in mm. so many ways, as, as you can expect, but you know, losing staff, losing investment, this whole thing has caused havoc for many organisations and like you say they made a stand about the women's they had to deal with the BLM which brought up a lot of uh, negative stories and Tom Harrison sort of sort of started to make his mark and then when it came to ACE you know we had some conversations and and where do we want this game to be and I think when you've got a year like this it, it makes you look at what do we want this game to look like going forward and I think they realise females are important, diversity is important, disability sport is important. All these different areas of the game are vital. So you've got to give them credit. And, and I think in a tough year, they've made some statements. And, and even investing in ACE um, just shows that they realise these, these sort of things are important measures going forward. So credit to them. And I, and I think their chairman as well. They've got a new chairman, Ian Watmore, coming on. I think he'll be really good for the next cycle. Just they've had 62 redundancies, so it could have been so easy for them not to invest in your programme, which deserves great credit for that. Now, looking ahead, to the, well, going back to the lockdown period, should I say, I saw videos of the ACE programme, kids in sports halls, it looked fantastic. What challenges has that socially distant period? You know, they can't practice like they used to. Yeah. So how are you at ACE programme going forward mm. to make sure they still have fun but are safe at the same time? Yeah, yeah, a lot of answers to that. So first of all, we didn't have the program. The plan, the plan was they would have been in a, I would say, a robust mm. sporting program from March, like in twenty four seven. You know, strength and conditioning would have been intense. Uh, the game match play would have been much more. And in the end, it had to be a later program because the rec- we have to go via recreational guidelines, and that has its its knock on impacts, which meant less, more socially distanced. Players are turning up kitted, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, so we had a reduced program, but we still had enough to see. Uh, and they played a couple of games, and they played at the Oval, which some of them said is like a dream. Imagine you're a kid who 
He's been looking at the stadium for, for, from afar and now you're on it playing as an academy mm. scholar. This winter, um, so we, we're kicking back off on the 4th with indoor training. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we're going by guidelines, this tier two, tier three, who knows? We've just got to go by the rules. So there are rules which are in place. So at the moment they're able to, to take part to an extent, but we're just hoping we can continue with some recreational guidelines. Who knows? We'll see. Let's pray. You move on to Birmingham as well, mm. and you mention the Oval and Birmingham, Edgbaston. They're not bad, two grounds, are they, for, for young kids to go, oh, I want to play at that ground. It could be worse, so to speak. Yeah, do you know what we have to give? So this, this, I think Birmingham is maybe one of the most exciting things that we're announcing, as well as the Sport England investment, because... One, it helps us as a charity show that we have ambitions outside, but the potential on Birmingham's gate. So part of the, the the bid that we put to Sport England, we looked at some of the numbers of areas we wanted to go to. And Birmingham is pretty much the second kind of biggest um, demographic for the black community. And when we started talking with them, they were so, so positive. You know, we had their whole team from the top of the performance down to the grassroots on Zoom calls and working through ideas. And they realised, again, the potential of a stadium like Edgebaston opening up the doors, bringing kids from the local community. They've had got clubs like Hansworth, which have been, um, you know, local cricket clubs that have kind of slowly died a death when it comes mm. to the black community, that they know, um, you know, Edgebaston and Birmingham coming on Warwickshire Cricket Board saying we're going to re ignite this what it could do for the community so uh, you know us being able to go to Birmingham and them being so excited to be part of it I think is such a vital vital part of what we're trying to achieve I want to talk about you in all this how important you were in setting up this because you're a London girl local to Surrey is is that one of the reasons as well for for setting up this program because of the journey you've been through yeah I got I'm frustrated I'm frustrated I think um you know I've seen this challenge for well I've been coming through the gates of the over for example for 25 years as a player and then now in sort of board capacity and I've seen the problem and I think we've all kind of known there's a problem but no one's really got behind and got it moving um and so when I sat down with Richard Gould who's the chief executive of Surrey uh we're both quite impatient people you know it's, I think it's like two kids with you know short attention going let's just get this moving and so big credit to him because he pushed for results he said I want you to just get out there and get it going if we, we know this problem has been here let's not wait and write a plan and then make a policy and a, you know, let's just get on with it and so from my perspective I suppose it helps I think what I've realised, even though you know I don't like to, to sometimes own it too much, but what I have come to realise is I have a platform as the first black player to play for England, to be a local kid that came from a lower socioeconomic background, to be board level, and you know you've got a story that I should sell if I want. You know, there's no better story to help sell this than you know you go to the community and say, look, look at the journey that's possible. Um, and not even just in sport, in broadcasting, what it, you know, umpire it could be a score, you know, all those different aspects. So, yeah, I've just decided this summer to crack on. It's just um, use use what I can, and what I'm realizing is I'm quite high energy, which helps, um, and a bit impatient. So those two qualities mean that I can help push that. And judging from this chat already, I can see you don't really want to make it about you, but you mentioned mm. that platform, and whether you like it or not, that tag <laughs> of being the first black woman to play for England. Is going to be there in history. You've made history by doing so. So how important is it to to not so much be arrogant about it, but use your journey yeah. and and say, look, as you said, 
this is what I've been through. This is what X, Y, and Z mm. in Lambeth can, can go on, for example. Yeah, I think what how I see it for me, I think there's a few phases we've got to go through, Ace. And the first is using my voice to get it moving. And, you know, today we've had some amazing press and opportunities like this. But then there's a point which I've been saying to Chevy, who's our director of programs, I, I want to start other faces coming through. I wouldn't even mind, you know, content being led by our young kids. And, you know, when you see Ace, it's not me talking about it. Actually, it's one of yeah. our participants. It's Chevy on the front. It's, you know, other faces. So there's a, there's a couple of stages. And um, that will most probably be the most exciting thing is seeing new faces coming through and be seen. But right now, look, I'm going to use it, use my, you know, there's a few grey hairs now, so I'm, I'm not as fresh faced as I used to be, but I'll use as much as I can. And also about yourself as well, you mentioned your journey that you've been on. As, and South London it has, a, has a fantastic relationship with professional sport. Not necessarily cricket, but you look at the likes of Ebrecht Wilfred Zaha. Mm. South London is a hotbed of talent. Mm. There is talent there. And yes, a lot's gone into football, but I guess the aim of Ace is to go... There's more than just football in South London, guys. We have one of the oldest cricket clubs in the country here. Mm. And we have a perfect opportunity on our doorstep to bring more black kids into the game. Well, let's, let's face it. Uh, sport, professional sport is a cruel business in the sense that even at junior age group, all mm. those kids go through it. It might be 1% if you're lucky yeah. that make it. But those kids can have skill sets in other sports, um, maybe even be stronger at other sports. And so for us, it's like this talent. We've got a great view here of London. And you're like, I'm, I look at, I mean, I get this. Like, I cycle an electric bike and I cycle through Mitesfield, which is in South London. And I, I sometimes cycle and you can see the kids at the end. And I'm like, this kid is running fast. I want to like give them some sort of like, you, you're coming to training next week. You know, you look at the States and there could be a thousand kids in there that... Um, you know, there's there's a hotbed of talent. So I, I know there's you know if we do the right basics, there will be names coming from these estates, these communities that we can see. So uh, yeah, yeah, let's just go and find them. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to work in the channelized Bingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
I've already seen your energy and how excited you are <laughs> by this ACE program. You absolutely love it. And fair play to you for doing it. But at the same time, you said enough is enough at the start of the year. I want to crack on with this, make this program. Is it up to you to do that, though? It shouldn't be up to one former England player to go, right, this is what's happening. This is my vision. Let's do it. Do you feel let down? At all by, and I know you have to be careful what you say because ECB are giving you a lot, a lot of money here to do this program. But do you feel let down that it's come to a point where you have to take your own action and not rely on others? Let's face it, I would have loved to have seen more done. And I think the game as a whole, uh, whether it's counties, clubs, community, crack this on their own. Um, so on one hand, I am, you know, upset with the the history that we've seen up to this point. Um, but equally, on the other side now, what I'm aware of, which is unfortunate in us, but we don't have enough faces of colour in positions of power. And I suppose to sell what we've got to sell, it helps if you can see someone in you. So, um, yes, I'm gutted that it's not happened already. Yes, I've hit a point and I've said it a few times. It's just like, just can we just get on with it and get moving? Hello, what are we waiting for? Um, But equally, I understand that maybe we don't necessarily always have the right people in positions of influence to be able to sell this um, and really get it and understand, you know, the communities maybe as well as we'd like. So um, that's my get out of jail card. (laughs) I'm offering that now. Maybe we're some years time. I might be, you know, kicking off. But at the moment, I say, let's draw a line. Let's draw a line, you know, with the past for the black community i think we want to work together with all these different partners now including ecb sport england community clubs everybody and say can we change the story can in 10 years time we be saying do you know what it used to be like and now look what it's like just looking back 10 years come to mind ravi bapara is probably the only england international that went to a a state school Mm. a lot of them a lot of the price the the stereotype of a former england cricketer was posh boy gone to a private school, very well off, had a great childhood. But now this age programme is an opportunity to say, no, you don't have to be fit the mould. You, you can be rich, poor, black, white. You know, this, this Cricket is a sport for everyone. It is a sport. I think this is where we're trying to be slightly different because I think there are grassroots programmes um, that exist but what's different about cricket that might be slightly different to f- just more physical sports like football, it's pure rugby, more physical. The, the technical training to shift is hard. And if you're not getting one-to-ones at like 12 or 13, learning you know, how to manipulate a ball and all that sort of stuff, you can miss the boat. And it's not that you haven't got the talent, but you haven't been transitioned. And so one thing I wanted, when we and Chevy talked about this, is almost um, shortcut that, that advantage of private school, which is where you get that, is if we find talent in lower socioeconomic groups um, you know ACE is going to be going into communities that will will face lots of barriers we have to put that investment in that middle phase when you see that talent give them the one-to-ones give them the you might have to reduce the travel costs get the equipment all those sort of things so this program factors in what the needs of the the individuals are and, and I hope that you know my dream for this game is really just for it to represent society you know there's a white working class population that doesn't get talked about enough that needs more investment so you know that's something that as much as we're talking about ace in the black community I hold that as communities that need to be looked after that maybe don't get enough airtime and should do um so we hope the thinking in this of of can we change the game to open it up will help. Um, and it's not just going to be the black community. I think it will make us speak about more groups of South Asian, British South Asians, that, like I say, the, the other communities. 
Um, so yeah, I want to see the sport looking like our country as a whole. Your programme's based on African Caribbean people. I want to talk to you about the role models you mentioned earlier. Two of the current ones, Chris Jordan, Joffrey Archer. I know they're not South London boys. They're, they're <laughs> the much sunnier childhood <laughs> than a rainy day in Lambeth. But to see those guys play international cricket for England, I mentioned with Severe Dunkley earlier, for, for a young black boy to go, I want to be Joffrey. Look, mm. look how good Joffrey is. And in the IPL, he's, he's probably doing just as well with the bat than with the ball. So... Um, it's, it's inspiring, isn't it, to see, to see Joff, see CJ? I don't think Ace would be have as much interest if Joffre wasn't at the helm. You know, when when we started talking about the ideas with just after seeing the World Cup win and, you know, he's just come off this incredible summer and he's 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 young enough that you're going, hold oh, on, he could be here in this 10-year time period. Um, and so for that, I think that, you know, we knew that we could broker something on seeing him, see Sophia Dunkley. Chris Jordan has got, I think he's up there with the most wicket takers in T20 cricket. Like, he's really up there. So you've got role models that you can attach to. So seeing them do their thing and do it well uh, and go around the world and, you know, just watch him in the IPL pulling off crazy catches and getting Warner out and doing all of that good stuff um, just makes you think, look, kids will be inspired you know you need that and um, they're there I don't think Ace would have the momentum if they weren't out there playing right now and the role the media play in all this it's fantastic that obviously we're doing this for the Ace programme now you've done it with TalkSport with Hawksby and Jacobs as well but on the flip side you look at the treatment Joffre gets now that in my opinion it's unfair you can't expect a man of 25 years of age to bowl 95 mile an hour every game would that put off a young black boy to see look at how he's being treated do I really want to uh, I don't know I, I don't know that's yeah, probably the only question. downside to it I think their parents might be reading that yeah. I don't know if the kids will be reading that what I would say though is we come across kids who you know some of these kids when you say do you want to play for England they're like I want to play for yeah. England yeah. and that hunger in their eyes you know one kid called Cairo's done some media for us it's like oh Cairo is, <laughs> he's on it he's, he's set his, his, his mission you're like go for it son um, so I, I think the kids do want it. Where I think the media play a huge part in a lot of this. Uh, I actually think the media have been a friend this summer because the Black Lives Matter brought up a lot of uncomfortable conversations. So cricket went under scrutiny and the, the media for the first time recognised that possibly there are these issues of reporting and, you know, whatever, but actually took on a responsibility to force those conversations, which it could have kind of not. Um, and so that provided accountability. So, so I started going, hold on, the media is is doing well here. Um, in, in the sense of creating something that could push that change. If the media didn't, you know, push the story aside or, you know, continued the same reporting, then these these investments, these, you know, it wouldn't be the same. And the other side of it is I do want scrutiny on stuff like the ACE programme. Down the line, I want the media to be going, right, what are you producing? Um, because I want them to be invested in the story to put us under pressure to deliver. Um, so the media plays a huge part in building up role models, in creating accountability to organisations. Um, and I think the media has understood this year that, you know, you've got to look at, make sure that your reporting isn't coming from a, an uncomfortable bias and actually it, it's right. And I think it's started to move in the right direction. I, I think the media play a huge role in, in making the success and changing the game. It's great for Black Lives Matter, Ace Programme, Diversity in Sport, that good old British weather, first day of the first test, it rained. <laughs> so it gave the opportunity for Michael Holding to do what he did. And I mentioned Michael Holding because he's obviously one of an important player in this Ace Programme as well. And to have arguably one of the greatest men, greatest voices, definitely, in, in cricket, helping out with this programme, how big have those influences been? And 
Just give us a taste of who is yeah. buying into this program. Our honorary patrons are incredible. So Michael Holding, as you imagine, like just the greatest human being, <laughs> then the greatest bowler, and then just this everything, right? Just Mikey. Um, he is leading from the front uh, as an honorary patron alongside Denise Lewis. Um, she was my inspiration as, as a kid, Olympic gold medals, seeing her doing what she's doing. Sir Trevor MacDonald, broadcast um, and journalist, and then Roland Butcher, so the first black man to play. So, you know, I connected with Roland a few years back and you know we stay in touch regularly and he wants to really use his voice and platform um, to make a difference so we've got big names at the top we've got players coming on board um, you know we're already speaking to Christian uh, Joffre who are at the IPL but you know we've got the ambassadors with Mark Butcher and Alex Tudor and Sophia um, so that that gives us um, I think it gives a community feel it gives a serious people in positions of power care about seeing this change it gives uh, young people someone to look at on day to day and it gives that that uh, that oomph I don't know what the better word for it is oomph uh, I don't know <laughs> the drive yeah, yeah yeah it gives it a bit of um, stardust mm. as well to launch with so we're honoured Mikey sent out there's some good luck videos I'll, I'll send them to you because I just watch it it's, like, it's Mikey it's Mikey and he's like go on guys like, yes it's Mikey so anyway that's my just geekdom there <laughs> I want to take you back to Surrey and the launch of the programme as well you, you talk about Butch a uh, lovely guy you talk about Alex Tudor part of the TalkSport team here as well how important were they in all this? Really important. So, do you know what was really nice? Um, a couple of phone calls we made, like, you know, when we decide we're going to do this, and then you're like, okay, we need some ambassadors. And I know both of them, obviously, through work and for years. And um, just as soon as we called Tudes, he's, he's a loud guy. The energy level. He is loud, isn't he? And he's like, yes, yeah, I just don't want to shout down your microphone, but I'll come back. And, yes, yes, let's do this. And, you know, he is on it. Um, and so that energizes already. He's connected us with schools. People have yeah. got in touch with him. So that network of seeing him, he's... He's helping create that that pathway. He works at school as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he works at school and he's got contacts and people who are interested. So that message will spread. So we go and connect, which I know, you know, some of the connections he's had. We're going to go into those schools and let's say we find some... has played his part in being visible, shouting about it, giving us, I would say, you need support. So that's another thing, you you know, you go on these missions and you think, is anyone going to care? You need your buddies and your allies. And to have him and Butch say it straight away, Butch was like, let's do this, let's go. Um, you know, he's he's been very vocal. And, you know, I've, I've heard him in a podcast with you guys actually mm-hmm. earlier in the, in the uh, sort of around South Africa time, yeah. talking about the programme and what it means. So to have that support, I say more personally, it's actually gives me a sense of confidence that we can make this difference if enough of us care about making change. And fast forward now to, to October, you've got Chevy here alongside us. Four full-time staff. Yeah. That, that must, people must sit up and go, wow, this, this they mean business here. They're, they're employing people full-time salary, as I mentioned, so it just must show the ambition. It really shows the ambition. And, and the other thing I would say about full-time resource, because you can do a lot of, deliver a lot of programs through casual staff, yeah. which, you know, will happen. But full-time staff means that you can give that extra. So I've worked as coaches where, you know, you can go into a school, and if you're a casual coach, you might go in for a little bit, and sometimes you can't make this connection. But when you're full-time, you can take stop and talk to the teacher, and then maybe you need to talk to the parent, mm-hmm. and then maybe you need to talk to the, the, the person in the local council. And you've got that ability to really go deep and build the relationships and 
talking about relationships, Chevy, the, the guy to my left who's director of programs, is the relationship man. If you go into like the Apple store and say, do you know Chevy or something? Like, Everyone's like, yeah, man, I know Chevy. He is that guy. He's like, my guy to call on, yeah. <laughs> he is any, that guy. Any, any problem, call Chevy. Call Chevy. Chevy's got you. Chevy knows everyone. Um, you know, I've called people around. The, do you know Chevy? Oh, yeah, I know Chevy. So, you know, he is going to instill that in a team. I've got so much confidence. I'll say to you because you're sat in the room. Um and so, like you say, full-time staff will make it. We'll have the resource and we need to find the right people. So that is, you know, we'll put that out there because the job specs will go out soon. We're looking for the right people who can make, who care about the community and want to make a difference. Going forwards, how important is it to not look too far ahead <laughs> and go, oh, you know, shoot for the star and then you've got a speed bump in front of you that you don't see that you're going to trip over. Yeah. How important is that? Oh, look, we were saying this. We were going, we had a, almost a five-hour <laughs> yesterday. We had a press sort of media press conference and then me and Chevy sat down going through the detail. And there's so much on the, the vision board, you know, mm. what we want to achieve. But there's also the, we've got to deliver this, created through a pandemic where the rules are going to be changing. Uh, we've got to hire stuff. There's a lot to land. And so the first six months or 12 months, I think is more important about a foundation than, you know, yes, we might be able to go into other cities, but do we have our monitoring and evaluation that can track the impact? Do we have all the things that you need in place? So we've got to calm two very excitable people down. And luckily, some of the people who are like our trustees, you know, and the governor, they're, they're people who, you know, we drill down to the budgets and they drill down further and they, you forgot that. Okay, okay. So we've got, um, we're aware of the, the, the dangers of running too fast. Um, but I think if we get a year of solid, solid grounding that you can build on, then that's game changer because then we can really grow fast from there. I'm going to end it talking about the programme the same way we started it. And one obvious question if I was listening to this is, how can I get involved? You <laughs> talk about how good it is. I just want to do it. Stop talking about everything else. But yeah. so, so most importantly, it's great talking about the programme. It's great promoting it. How can, how can kids get involved? Yeah, so first of all, get in touch through aceprogram.com. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm setting you a challenge, right? So this is very podcast. God, so we on were on another well. podcast. I won't name the podcast, but earlier in the year talking about Ace. And a dad heard it, sent his daughter down to Ace Charles, and mm-hmm. she got in. So I'm just throwing out there that yep. anyone who's listening to this, if yep. you have an interest or you know a kid, that, oh, I've got a bit of talent. When we have trials, which are coming up, um, hopefully before Christmas if Tier 2's all right, get onto the website get your name in and we want to, because we want to keep it as open as possible. We want to look at everybody who wants to put their name in the hat. So the challenge is on you. I'm going to say, hold on, you know, someone listening to this, come on, I'm going to get, I'm going to get competitive between podcasts who can get the, the, get it out there. I look to my right here, Chevy. Um, I've heard, you know, a lot of people, if any help over the next couple of weeks, be immensely appreciated. Ebony, I can only thank you for the last half hour it's flown by. I hope you got everything everything you wanted to get out of this chat. And all from me is left to say, good luck with it all and shoot for the stars and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it'll pay off. Thank you. Our thanks to Ebony for the last half hour here on the Following On podcast. Don't forget from Monday, Andrew McKenna and Steve Harmison are back with the IPL show as this tournament reaches its all-important stages. And then on Tuesday, the Cricket Collective returns on TalkSport 2 at the earlier time of 5pm. John Norman and Neil Manthorpe are looking at the state of South African cricket. So plenty of podcasts to keep an eye out for here on the Following On feed. But if you missed any of this interview, you can download the podcast or just listen back. Available on Apple Podcasts, Acast and Spotify. Thanks for listening.
Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.